Are you ready, Rabbi? Yeah, we're ready. Wow. No, Kikare Khan Sipor. We are in about to do Shlishi. We're in the sixth Pasuk of chapter 22, Kafbet. So, continuing in the list of the mitzvot that Moshe is giving to Bnei Israel. When happens upon you a bird's nest on the way, on any tree, or on the land, and there are little chicks or there are eggs, and the mother bird is resting on the chicks or on the eggs, do not take the mother bird along with the kids. Rather, shall send away the mother, and then you could take away the kids. So that it will be good for you, and you will have length of days. Okay, what is this mitzvah? Yeah, but what is the reasoning for it? Because you're respecting. Uh, that's what I thought. Okay, so first of all, there is a huge discussion between Ramban, Rambam, and the Morna Bukhim, between the Mishnah on what is the reason for this mitzvah. So the Chachamim, they say the following cryptic statement. They say, if the person goes and he, and he says in his tefillah, in his tefillah he says to Borei Olam, the same way you had mercy on the mother bird, so shall you have mercy on us. Is that a proper tefillah or no? So Mishnah says it's not a proper tefillah. The Mishnah says. If the person says, the same way you had mercy on the mother bird, have mercy on us, we say no, be quiet. Why? To teach the person that you don't know the reasons for the mitzvot. For one person thought he knew the reasons for the mitzvot and they did not apply to him. Shlomo HaMelech thought he knew the reasons for the mitzvot. He said, the, it says that the women, uh, that the wives that you should take, you shall not have too many wives for they're going to cause your heart to stray. I'm not going to stray. My heart isn't going to stray. But what does the Torah say? That the wives of Shlomo cause his heart to stray. So for that reason, the Mishnah says, do not say the reason for this mitzvah. So now does that mean that there's no reason for the mitzvah? Or does that mean that the Chachamim just didn't want people to traffic in focusing on the reason for the mitzvah? So it seems like it's the latter. Because Rambam and the Morin of and I think even Ramban and his Perush, they both give reasons for the mitzvah. And there could be two reasons. One, it's not that we don't want the mother bird to watch. It's that if you take the mother bird and then you take the eggs, you're going to be killing the mother bird and the eggs in the same time. Okay? It's not, it's not really Tzar Baal Echaim. I mean, you could say Tzar Baal Echaim. Now, now the, the argument is, is it mercy on the mother? Or is it training a person to not have such a callous attitude towards the life of this thing? Because if you kill the mother and the child at the same time, you're destroying, you're killing out the line. So that would be the issue, that you're killing out the line of the family. In that case, it kind of becomes similar to There's another mitzvah. 
you're not allowed to sacrifice a mother and its son Together. for in the same time. You can't do shechitan, a mother and the son, at the same time. Why? Because you can't kill the one who birthed and the one who was given birth to at the same time. That's destroying the line. So seem, seemingly there are similar ideas here, but you should know that there is a lot of discussion surrounding this specific mitzvah uh, of what are the reasons for the mitzvot. You could look in the Morin of Uchim. Rambam discusses it. Full of nests. Maybe it's an opportunity for mitzvah. You should just go and shoo away the bird every day. Now, now, why is it that if you send away the mother bird, you end up living a long life? Because if the person develops feelings of mercy towards the, the line of animals, then that should encourage within B'nai Israel, people should develop feelings of mercy towards the life of their friends. And if everybody is thinking like that, then we live a long life in the land of Israel. Okay. When you build a new home, in those days all of their homes had flat roofs. Okay. So if you build a new home, you shall make a fence around the roof so that there will not be blood in your house when the person falls from it. What's the idea behind the mitzvah? That you should not make your house a place where it's dangerous for people to visit. And if a person visits your house and ends up dying because it's a dangerous place, then... It's your fault. For the same reason, the Chachamim say a person is not allowed to have wild animals in his house. You're not allowed to have, uh, you, can't, you can't keep snakes, scorpions, and lions in your home because for the same reason as the Ma'akeh, because you're making your house a dangerous place where people may end up uh, getting hurt. Lo tizra karmecha kilayim pentikdash hamleahazera asher tizra Do not plant in your field mixed seeds lest the fullness of the seed which you plant becomes forbidden along with the increase of the vineyard. Okay? So what's going on here? If you plant the things if you plant the seeds together, that is Asur. Why is it Asur? Based on the idea we said yesterday, we, we have this idea of showing respect for the way Boreolam created the world and not tampering with the way of creation. In this case, this is a way of showing that Borei Olam created specific seeds to turn into specific fruits. And we are showing respect towards the fact that God created the world by respecting those. Now, today, farmers graft a lot. So it actually happens to be that the halakha isn't that the food becomes asur. If a goy, I, I think it's, you're not allowed to do it. You're, you're allowed to have the fruit. But you're just not allowed to be the one to plant it. So that's why a lot of the fruits that we have today are grafted. Yeah, they're grafted and they're not like an original seed. But today, it's not, it doesn't make the food asu. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, to be honest. Um, I just want to see an interesting thing. Right, but if, if you do do it, if you mix the kilayim, if you mix it, from what I remember, if you mix the grape with uh, any other fruit, then that becomes a surbahana'a, I think. That's right? pre-growth and harvest, not post-growth and harvest. Because that's not all the time with mixing wine. It 
No, no, I don't know if it's if it's mixing different types of grapes. I don't think it's a problem. I think it's mixing different types of species. Anyways, I don't know. I don't want to go into the halachot because I don't know them so well. Okay, Do not uh, um, uh, plow uh, 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 plow with an ox and a donkey at the same time. Why would you? What, what is the element here? What is the base, the idea here? Here, it's more of like a tsar bal echaim thing. One animal is going to be going at a different pace than the other, so you're causing one animal to suffer because it's falling behind. And frankly, it's not like uh, you can't tell an animal, push harder, work harder, keep up with your friend, because their nature, it's the, the nature of the animal is different, so they're hardwired differently, and it's not... You know, just to go back to that whole idea of land that we just talked about, that's like the biggest concept of that gets involved with the whole idea of Murkav. Yeah, Etrog Murkav is, the, is a huge, huge, huge topic. See, we have our Etrog expert here. Yeah, a big, big issue in the... They take a branch and they sit it next to another branch? Oh, they stick it into the ground. They duct tape it and they let it grow together like that. The Italians are very classic. They don't like to... Alright, I would agree. Uh, right, so, so this whole idea of kilayim happens with etrog. Now the problem there is not an issue of isur hana'ah. It's not a problem of it's prohibited to benefit. It's, is this even an etrog? Right? Meaning, meaning the problem there has nothing to do with the isur of kilayim. The problem is, okay, let's say it's grafted and they made this etrog based on, mixed it with a lemon. Now can we even call this an etrog no. for the sake of the mitzvah anymore? No, no you cannot. Okay, so that, that's the issue there. All right. Do not wear shatnez, wool and linen together. Okay? Uh, yeah. Not only the coin gadol, even on your tzitzit. Because the next mitzvah is, you shall make tzitzit on the four corners of your uh, garment. We studied the mitzvah of tzitzit in depth when we studied the parashat Vayomer in parashat what, Shalach, was it? Parashat Shalach, I think. Okay. A man... Um, marries a woman and he comes and he hates her. He does not want her. And he lies about her and he says about her and he brings, he, he, uh, he spreads about her fake news. Uh, he, he spreads about her Lashon Hara or Shemra. He's Motsi Shemra. He brings out a bad, bad name about her. I took this woman and I was with her and I found that she's not a virgin. It's obviously a very big deal. I mean, even today it's a very big deal. Right? You find, the person finds that she's not... Now, why would the person say this? Because he doesn't want her. He doesn't want her. Now, so what? He doesn't want her. This is, the only, this excuse he this is an excuse to get rid of her. Yes. Yeah, of course. The, if, he, if he finds that it's a mekach ta'ut or if he finds that... She did not live up to what was written in the Ketubah. He doesn't have to pay anything. To pay anything. So he doesn't he owe her any money. So he's trying, he's trying to get out of having to pay her anything, a form of divorce payment. Okay? But then the father and mother, they have proof that she's a virgin. How would they have proof? They typically kept the, the sheets from the first night. Okay? And they bring it to the city gates. And they show it to the Chachamim. I gave my daughter to this man and he hated her and now he's lying about her and he's saying that he did not find uh, that she was a virgin 
But here, I have proof to the virginity of my daughter. And they bring out the cloth and they show it to the, to the elders. So they have to punish the man. They, they force him to pay 100 coins. And they give it to the father of the girl. And he must now offer her to be her husband. He cannot send her. He's not allowed to divorce her from then on. Interesting, right? So this is proof again, what we said last year in our shurim, that this is proof that marriage in those days was, it was for the security of the woman, it was for the benefit of the woman. So offering her the opportunity to marry the guy, because it wasn't built on love, marriage. It's not like they, they built it on mutual respect and love. Love came out. I mean, love was, uh, if the person had it, good for them. That wasn't uh, what they were looking for. They were looking for, let me try to get through the winter without stuff. No, the idea was, let me try to get through the winter without starving. That's what the, the first uh, concern of the woman was. Adam, tell me when we're going up until... Don't worry, I'm going. Gentlemen, we're going to start Sikhot in about 5-6 minutes. Okay. We're going to start Sikhot in 5-6 minutes. We have plenty of time. As you can But if the matter was true, and indeed, the man was not lying, and she was not a virgin... Then they have to take the woman And this is something that requires the death penalty okay, Why is there a death penalty for this? Because No, it's not for the lie It's because of the adultery Because the assumption is That at the time That, that, that when did she lose her virginity? After she got engaged Because in those days They had a very long engagement period So the issue here The reason the, they have the sikila here Is because the assumption Is that while she was already betrothed In, in, in the Torah You know that there is a, a, a two-step process to the marriage right? There's Kiddushin And then there's Nisuin Our weddings today We do both at the same night But in those days They would first betroth They would do like the engagement But it wasn't just Shri Lamalot They would put the ring on the finger and then that would be, from then on, they're considered married. And then, when the man brings a woman into his home, that's considered the consummation of the wedding. It's a close thing to such a concept, but Shilam doesn't have any halakhic significance. The, but, the, in those, but, but they had the... So, so, the, so yeah, in the Shari Minhag, they say every, everything becomes mutar after Shilam Right. No, it doesn't. It doesn't have any halachic significance, Shilam Alot. So, so, trust me, I know. It doesn't have. It doesn't have halachic significance. But, um, so in those, so it makes a lot of sense that in those days, because they had long engagement periods, uh, and and the halacha is that once the woman is engaged to the man, she's considered married in terms of adultery. So the prohibition of adultery becomes a full prohibition. Uh, that's that that gets the death penalty. Okay. If a man is with a woman who is married, then that is the death penalty for both of them, the woman and the man. Okay. Now let's say there was a, a unbetrothed girl, a virgin girl in the... In the uh, Sorry, uh, a, a virgin girl who was betrothed, meaning she had done kiddushin with someone, someone is with her in the city. 
יוצאתם את שניהם אל שער העיר ההיא, וסקלתם אותם באבנים, ומתו את הנערה על דבר אשר לא צעקה בעיר, ואת האיש אשר על דבר אשר עינה את אשר ראו, ואתה רע מקרבך. Then they also both got the death penalty. Why would they get the death penalty? Because in the, in the city, the, the, it's kind of like a euphemism. The Torah is just using a language that's easy to understand. In the city, there's, it's impossible that they were together and the woman didn't, was, was meaning it would have been very, very easy to stop. Okay? So meaning it's a sign that they both did it with intent. So really the halakha is, if you know that the woman was with intent, then, the, then that's the isur. It doesn't have much to do with where they are. It has more to do with the intent. Right? It's, it's, it's with the intent. If there is intent, if there's willingness on the side of the woman, then she also is, obviously gets the punishment. But, but if you find that it was in the field, if, he, if the man finds her in the field, and he grabs her and, he, and, he's, and he's with her against her will, then to the girl you cannot do anything because she doesn't have any sin. Only the man gets punished. Okay? Uh, so, so why is this an important mitzvah? Because in those cultures they would often kill the women who got raped because of the dishonor that are brought to the family. So here the Torah is saying do not kill the woman who gets raped to the woman you can't do anything, she does not have any liability because she didn't do anything. Because she was in the field, there was nobody there to save her. So what would have happened if she would have shouted, shouted nobody would have heard her anyways. So clearly there was no intent on her part and therefore you cannot touch the woman. If the man and the woman are together before she's married, then for because he caused the girl to lose her virginity, he owes the father 50, gold, 50 silver pieces, and he no longer, uh, he has to offer her to marry her. Okay? Um, what's interesting is here it's 50 silver pieces, and, and whenever he was lying about her virginity after they're married, that's 100. Anybody think why? I remember we had her, last year we had a reason for it, but I. I um, because there she was. Uh... Maybe. Also there, there, there he was trying to get her the death penalty. Here, there's no, there's no punishment involved in this act. Okay, it's, it's, he's causing her to lose her virginity, so he loses some of his, uh, so he has to pay for the father, he has to pay the father, but in that first case, he was, he was trying to bring, he was trying to put her to death. So that's a much, it's a much, Graver sin than the than the one in which they are unmarried. Okay, uh, should we stop? Baruch Adonai Amen. Amen.